Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to yet again another recap episode here on the Cover 7 podcast. And guys, by the titles you all can read, we're going to be recapping both of the AFC and NFC championship games from Sunday. And man, there were some pretty, you know, pretty surprising outcomes that we had this weekend. Obviously, the most notable one had to have been easily Jalen Hurts and the Eagles absolutely blowing out the 49ers at home. And then we'll talk a little bit later about Joe Burrow and the Bengals taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But anyway, guys, before we get into our games, I want to first and foremost ask you, you know, obviously, if you guys are enjoying, you know, what you're listening to, you're enjoying the podcast, the interviews, the episodes, literally whatever, social media, anything like that. Make sure that if you want to stick around, you hit the follow button, you hit the notification button so that you can always stay up to date so you don't miss out on an episode and you can always stay up to date with anything NFL and college football related. But um, anyways, y'all, I don't want to waste too much of your time and obviously I don't want to waste any of my time either and well, today's episode is going to be definitely a short one so obviously you won't have to be sticking around for too, too long but I hope y'all do enjoy today's episode so let's get right and do some NFL football and well... As sad as it is to say, we only have four more quarters left of football, which is the Super Bowl. But let's go back to Sunday. Well, well actually, no, I'm posting this on Sunday. So let's let's stay on today and let's talk some, you know, playoff football. Now, for our two championship games we had, for the NFC Championship game, which was our first game of the day, we had Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles taking on Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. And this game started out extremely rough for the 49ers. Brock Purdy would end up having to leave this game with an elbow injury that he would suffer after Hassan Reddick swiped the ball out of his hands and um, I guess somehow messed with some of his ligaments in his elbow or, any, or like nerves or something like that in his elbow, which pretty much made it to where he could not really grip the football the way that he wanted to. I was like, okay, it's not that big of an injury, but after I looked it up and everything like that, he just couldn't properly be able to grip the ball to throw it, which being a quarterback and it's on your throwing arm, not really an ideal situation. So yeah, to make matters worse, they lost Brock Purdy to begin the game. So then they had to go down to their fourth different quarterback of the year in a really, really really veteran quarterback in uh in Josh Johnson who has literally been on half the teams in the NFL is in his like 15th season in the league but never really has done much and well when he got into the game you could tell this offense was just not clicking whatsoever Josh Johnson 7 to 13 on the day for 74 yards passing with zero touchdowns zero interceptions and you know if things couldn't get any worse for San Francisco in this game Josh Johnson would eventually have to leave because of a concussion that he suffered. You know, first with enter concussion protocol, they ruled him out with a concussion. So now the 49ers were down to their emergency quarterback, which is their starting fullback. But instead, they decided to put Brock Purdy back into the game. And, well, the offense just really wasn't able to get anything going because Brock Purdy could not throw the football. They consecutively kept handing the football off to... Um, Christian McCaffrey are trying to do a bunch of res, you know reverse reverse sweeps and everything like that. I mean, heck, even Christian McCaffrey attempted a pass in this game, which was pretty much to nobody. Ended up in no man's land, but that play pretty much summed up you know just how the 49ers played in this game. And you know for the 49ers defense, which had the number one regular season defense this year, one of the most stout defenses that we've seen probably in the past decade. 
they got exposed a little bit in this game. And, you know, the Eagles normally, every, you know, all the time we talk about the Eagles offense is going to be because of, you know, what they're able to do in the pass game, right? Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, who they got on trade, on trade night from the Tennessee Titans, who's been an absolute stud for them this year. It was actually the run game of the Eagles that really helped carry them to this win. Kenneth Gainwell, the second year back out of Memphis, a guy that I was personally really high on and I thought was a steal for the Eagles when they drafted him last year. He would have 48 rushing yards in this game and also had 26 rushing yards. You know, didn't really have any crazy you know, statistical performances or anything like that, but definitely his impact in this game really helped them get to this win, you know, him breaking off those rushes to get them that first down that kept chewing more clock and everything like that. But um, obviously, the other guys have got on offense. Miles Sanders, their number one back, 11 carries on the day for 42 yards rushing with two rushing touchdowns as well. Miles Sanders has had a career year on a, on a uh, contract year, I'm pretty sure it is, for him. So obviously, very convenient also on top of that. And then, um, Jalen Hurts, he got into the end zone once, a uh, rushing touchdown. Boston Scott, who for some reason always is a touchdown machine later on in the year, he was able to get into the end zone as well. So four total rushing touchdowns on the day for the Eagles. But they really weren't able to get much going in the secondary. Charvarius Ward, the former Kansas City Chief, who's now with the San Francisco 49ers as they pretty much their starting cornerback, he actually had a pretty good game covering um, Devontae Smith, covering A.J. Brown and all those guys, Quez Watkins. So they really had to rely on the run game a lot, and I originally thought, okay, it's going to be the 49ers stopping the run game of the Eagles, so they have, they're going to have to go to the pass game, but it was completely the other way around. Um, Jalen Hurts, his final stat line was only 15-25 for 121 yards passing. Didn't get a touchdown or interception, so not something you really see that often, but still, Jalen Hurts was very efficient. The run game was absolutely phenomenal. The offensive line gave him enough time to make the right decisions and everything like that, but really... The MVP of this game has got to go to that Eagles defense because they absolutely suffocated the San Francisco 49er offense. Debo Samuel only had 33 receiving yards on the day. George Kittle only had 32 receiving yards on the day. And Christian McCaffrey was really the only guy that got going for the 49ers in this game as he had 84 rushing yards and a touchdown, which was their lone touchdown in this game, which... That was a pretty good, that was a pretty impressive touchdown run. I posted the clip on Instagram and TikTok for all you guys if you want to go check it out. Had, I think he, yeah, he jumped over a defender, juked one out, then hit stick the eagle, and then got into the end zone, which made it, and I think it was right before the end of half, made it like a 14-7 to game at that point. But then the Eagles, they scored right at the end of halftime. So going into halftime, it was 21-7. to And then for the rest of the game, you could tell San Fran just simply could not do anything offensively as the Eagles would score the final 10 points in this game, shutting out the 49ers in the second half as the Eagles have a extremely impressive win in the NFC Championship game over the San Francisco 49ers as they beat San Fran 31-9 as the Eagles. They win the NFC Championship for the first time since back in 2017 when Nick Foles led them to the Super Bowl. And what happened that year when they went to the Super Bowl? Well, they made history, had the Philly special, and would go on to upset Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So does history repeat itself? We're going to have to find out. Obviously, this time they won't be facing Tom Brady, but still, this is definitely a more impressive roster this time around than they had back in 2017. And, you know, for the San Francisco 49ers, wasn't a bad year, man. I mean, seriously, considering, you know, 
who was supposed to be your franchise quarterback, Trey Lance, you know, took him third overall in last year's draft. He gets banged up once again this year. You go with Jimmy G. Jimmy G's very efficient. I'm not going to say he was anything outstanding. That he gets banged up with a foot injury. So then you have to rely on Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, Brock Purdy. And what does he do? Goes 7-0 and as the starting quarterback for the 49ers before getting banged up here in the NFC Championship game. So potentially, if you're the 49ers, one thing you could take away from this game is that you might have potentially found yourself, you know, your franchise guy in Brock Purdy, right? You know, originally thought it was going to be Trey Lance, but, you know, seeing what you got out of Brock Purdy, how well he fits Kyle Shanahan's offense in the system, I think you got to continue to go with Brock Purdy. The defense is still very good. I mean, obviously would not hurt probably to add a couple more secondary guys for the 49ers in their defense because you could definitely tell they're lacking a little bit in terms of depth in the secondary. Defensive line, still outstanding. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. But just in this game, they played a way better team in the Philadelphia Eagles, and it showed through four quarters of football. As the Eagles, they are headed to the Super Bowl. So Philly fans, I know y'all are super excited, and rightfully so, because, man, Jalen Hurts truly has emerged himself as your franchise guy, the guy who Carson Wentz was supposed to be back when y'all took him number two overall out of North Dakota State. So at least you know this time around you do have your guy in Jalen Hurts, who might be looking at a pretty hefty contract extension once once the season is over with, which is something that's kind of been rumored to be going on after the season concludes. And especially if they win the Super Bowl, I think Howie Roseman is going to literally give Jalen Hurts a blank check and say, take whatever you want. But Anyways, the NFC Championship game, we had the Eagles coming out victorious 31-7 over the 49ers in an absolute blowout fashion. And now, the final game that we had on Sunday, the game who's going to determine who plays the Eagles in the Super Bowl. We're going to head out to Burrowhead Stadium, which is currently being renamed to Burrowhead Stadium, formerly known as Arrowhead Stadium. As we had Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, whatever nickname you want to give him, him and the Cincinnati Bengals taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And the first thing that I thought about in this game was how well is Patrick Mahomes gonna, you know, gonna be in this game, you know, with his ankle injury and everything like that. You know, we saw some memes going on during the week of, you know, showing an X-ray of his ankle and it's got like the dog, little dog picture there, showing that he's got the dog in him or whatever. And then also too, Eric Bieniemy was talking about I need to be, you know, take whatever he has, you know, because he's like, how is how is he able to rebound from this injury and everything like that? And then also too, there were some other injury issues that the um, the Chiefs were dealing with. Their star tight end Travis Kelsey was one of their top offensive producers, he was questionable to go into this game, but he ended up playing regardless. So that was at least a bright spot for this Kansas City Chief team. And then on the other side for Can or on the other side for Cincinnati, I mean, you've been getting hyped up all week. You know, Joe Burrow mania. You know, you got the mayor of um, got the mayor of Cincinnati literally sending out a paternity like paternity order or something like that requesting that Joe Burrow test to see if he's Patrick Mahomes dad this is an actual video y'all can check it out if you want it was it was ridiculous but um you know let's actually talk about you know how this game went right you know let's, let's quit talking about all the media hype and everything like that let's talk about how this game went down in Arrowhead Stadium and before we actually get into like in depth talking about you know drives and everything like that I want to first and foremost say this 
So for all the Chiefs fans that are about to get really aggravated with what I'm about to say, just mute me for the next 20 to 30 seconds because I think, and I speak for a lot of the outside fans looking into this game and probably how a lot of Bengal fans feel, the refs were horrifyingly bad in this game. Like, I honestly, and I'm not saying this is the only reason why the you know, the only reason why the Chiefs won, because obviously they just took advantage of a lot of other um, Cincinnati mistakes and penalties, like the Joseph Osai penalty, you know, rough or um, unnecessary roughness right at the end of the game, which set up the game-winning field goal by Harrison Butker. But, I mean, there were so many calls in this game. There were numerous pass interference calls, which shouldn't have even been called, like that one on Mike Hilton, which would have effectively given the Chiefs a fourth down, but instead gave them a new set of downs plus 15 yards or like where the spot of the ball was at that point so there was just so many like questionable calls and then the most notable one which y'all probably are going to see a ton of tomorrow morning on like get up first take and everything like that was the Chiefs getting a whole nother down so and let me explain this so it was third down the Chiefs had the ball and normally you know when the you know when the home team has the ball it gets a little bit a little bit quieter in the stadium now arrowhead stadium one of the loudest stadiums in all of north america so regardless even if it gets a little bit quieter still going to be decently hard to hear which i completely understand now apparently before the plague so it was i want to say probably about third and four third and five ish something in that area and um so the chiefs Right, they're about to snap the ball. They actually snap the ball, go through with the play. It's an incomplete pass that uh, Patrick Mahomes tries to get out into the flat to Isaiah Pacheco. But apparently a ref, quote-unquote, blew the play dead, which you can see him running in and everything like that. But no one heard his whistle, so the play went as expected and all that. But after the play was finished and they're about to go and punt the ball and everything like that, the ref goes back and says, okay, the play was dead. The play doesn't count. You know, It's still third down and everything like that, which... No offense. I mean, when you look at how it all went, okay, maybe it made a little bit of sense. But in terms of the play had already gone through, right, nobody listened to him or anything like that. So the play should have counted. And I'm not a rules expert, so I know everybody out there that knows each individual rule, you're probably like, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. But at least from looking at how it should have gone, it shouldn't have mattered because no one heard the whistle, and, and it's funny enough because last um, last postseason when the Raiders were taking on the Bengals in Cincinnati in the wild card game, Joe Burrow actually had a touchdown in that game that shouldn't have even been counted because a ref technically blew it dead, but because nobody heard it and they couldn't distinguish if it was him or not, they let the touchdown stand. So I kind of feel like, okay, this should have been kind of a similar situation where nobody knew if it, you know, it was him or just no, like, you know, fan noise, whatever. So the play should have stand and then it should have been fourth down. But the Chiefs, they get the ball back. And I think they, if I remember correctly, they either get a first down and then they get stopped on the next little set of downs or they get stopped on that that uh, third down that they got back in return. But regardless, still is very, very skeptical. There are a lot of holding calls that I personally believe should not have been called holding. There were a lot of no calls on the Chiefs that should have, you know, I felt should have been called a decent amount of pass interference. Like one that was majorly on Jamar Chase, which, which would have set the Bengals up in really good field position. But 
outside of, you know, always, you know, ragging on the refs and everything like that, the Bengals did shoot themselves a lot in this game, and it all started with their offensive line because their offensive line could not stop literally anything. Joe Burrow, we saw, you know, that was a main issue last postseason whenever, you know, even though they went to Arrowhead and won and beat the or almost beat the Rams and, you know, beat the Raiders and everything like that during last year's postseason, the biggest thing was Joe Burrow getting sacked and, well, the Chiefs got to him five times in this game. Uh, Chris Jones, he had two sacks on the day. Frank Clark had a sack and a half. Willie Gay had half a sack. George Karloff, just the rookie out of Purdue, he had a sack. And pressure was constantly getting to Joe Burrow, which caused him to throw two pretty knuckleheaded interceptions just because partially he wanted to get the ball out before he had you know 300-pound men right in his face. So... I understand that a little bit, and also there's just a lot of times where he would throw the ball and then immediately get either late hit by a defensive lineman and it would never get called or just simply to just absolutely get rocked in the motion and throwing the football. Um, Joe, Joe Burrow, he finished up his day going 26 of 41 for 270 yards passing, one passing touchdown, and then two interceptions, which proved proved to be pretty costly, but... I mean, the Chiefs defense, they were outstanding in this game in terms of stopping the run of the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow actually led them in rushing yards with only 30 rushing yards on the day. Samaj P. Ryan had 22 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. And Joe Mixon, despite having eight carries on the day, only had 19 total rushing yards. So that was a huge win for that Chiefs defense. But... T. Higgins and Jamar Chase had to step up immensely whenever Tyler Boyd went down with the injury. T. Higgins, six receptions for 83 yards receiving and one incredible high-point touchdown. Jamar Chase, six receptions for 75 yards 75 yards receiving. Didn't get a touchdown, but had a critical catch on fourth down that literally brought them right into the end zone. So... Oh man, it was it was definitely a rocky day. Like this this game kind of felt like a fever dream almost because it's like I feel like we've been in this situation before. Um, and then on the flip side for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, when you look at statistic wise, Patrick Mahomes didn't really do that. Didn't really do bad. Actually, performed pretty well. Twenty nine of forty three. 326 yards passing with two passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Now I'm not saying. Well, obviously, because Patrick Mahomes still dealing with that ankle injury. He suffered against the Jaguars last week, which you could tell hampered him a ton in this game. He even had moments where he would put pressure on that right ankle when he was throwing the ball, and he'd come up limping and everything like that. He still was able to take off for a few runs, and actually in this game had eight rushing yards. So, I mean, hey, not too bad for a guy that pretty much was hobbled the entire game. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie, which... This kid was an absolute steal for Andy Reid in this Kansas City Chief offense. He had 26 rushing yards on the day, but man, did he come in handy being kind of like a safety blanket in the flat for Patrick Mahomes. So when nobody else was open, because Travis Kelsey was still a little bit banged up in this game, when MVS was not constantly burning Eli Apple in the secondary of the Cincinnati Bengals, he would drop it down to Isaiah Pacheco. And well, that, the rookie did his thing, 59 receiving yards on the day. And like I just talked about, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the former Green Bay Packer, he had himself one heck of a playoff game. Six receptions for 116 yards receiving with one receiving touchdown. Really stepped up for this team when it mattered the most. Travis Kelsey, despite being banged up and questionable just a few hours before this game actually started, Went went for seven receptions for 78 yards receiving and a touchdown. And the offense really did what they needed to do, right? You know, less than a minute left, which I 
thought was way too much time to give back to Patrick Mahomes and them. Sky Moore returns the punt, gets down into um, Bengal territory. Patrick Mahomes, it, now now I'm talking about the last drive. So this is the drive right before Harrison Butker ended up kicking the eventual game-winning um, field goal. Oh, it was, to say the least, it was definitely a very questionable one. Now, the Joseph Osai late hit out of bounds, unnecessary roughness call, I understand partially because, yes, Patrick Mahomes was stepping out of bounds. But imagine it in game speed, right? You can't see his feet. All you can see is the sideline. You see him getting closer to it. So, in my opinion, I feel like Joseph Osai may not have been able to really see where he was on the field because, once again, we're not, you know, we see it from a bird's eye view. You know, we see every angle. They see it from inside their face mask, right? They can't necessarily just look down, look up. All they see is what's straight ahead of them. And that was Patrick Mahomes taking off, running the ball, trying to get out of bounds, which he, he was eventually going to get out of bounds. So, what did Joseph Osai try to do? He tried to push him out of bounds as quickly as he could. But unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes probably got out of bounds a little bit too quick for Joseph Osai, which then, once he pushed him, ended up throwing Patrick Mahomes into the uh, the bench, which I think was a little bit of a flop. But regardless, Joseph, Joseph Osai actually got banged up on that play too, which is kind of where it's like, I mean, I don't think he really meant to like aggressively shove him out, but still... It's a physical game. Things like that happen, but a rule is a rule. So the Chiefs, they get 15 yards added on top of that. So that sets them up in prime field goal position. And Harrison Butker nails the nails the field goal right through the uprights. And then on the kickoff return, they squib kick it. The Bengals, they try to do the Hail Mary laterals and everything like that. does not work whatsoever. As the Kansas City Chiefs survive with, you know, which a large large part of that might be due to a little bit of, uh, you know, handy help from the referees. But regardless, they did win this game 23-20 to over the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Chiefs fans, Patrick Mahomes is now 1-3. So, at least he has one win against Joe Burrow. Bengal fans, I know this one's going to sting probably for a while, but this team is super special. The offense is going to be absolutely fantastic when you get the correct offensive line pieces because that's the biggest thing they need to do in the offseason is target offensive line because this team as a whole is not bad. Wide receiver core, one of the best in the league, right? Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, obviously Jamar Chase, and then the backfield, Samaje Pirine, um, Joe Mixon, incredible and then you got Joe Burrow who showcased in this game how tough he is how resilient he is you know not giving up and everything like that and the defense has still got a ton of great pieces too obviously probably need to add a little bit more depth in the secondary but I mean this Cincinnati Bengal team they lost to a good Kansas City Chief team and going on the road playing at Arrowhead is something that is never easy to do so the fact that they were able to put up this much of a fight against the Chiefs is something really good I know they probably should have won this game but regardless, the Chiefs at home, it's always hard to beat them. It showed in this game the defense of the Chiefs, which has really had to help carry this team, especially since Patrick Mahomes suffered that um, ankle injury. And they came up clutch once again in this game, getting five sacks, getting two picks off of Joe Burrow, and getting the W for the Chiefs as they are now headed to the Super Bowl to take on Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, who earlier in the day had blown out the San Francisco 49ers and made that number one defense look absolutely foolish. So it's going to be an entertaining Super Bowl matchup. We're going to talk all about it here in about a week or two whenever the Super Bowl comes around. So the week of the Super Bowl, we'll be dropping that preview episode. So 
Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's recap episode of the AFC and NFC Championship Games. If you liked what you heard, if you're new to the podcast and everything like that, make sure if you want to stick around, you hit the notification bell so you can stay up to date with anything and everything Cover 7 related. We're always talking about college football. We're always talking about NFL. So if you like both of those topics, might as well stick around. It's completely free. You know, hit the follow button as well. That's also completely free. So... Anyways, y'all, truly, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's episode. The Super Bowl, it's officially set. The Chiefs and the Eagles. So I'll catch y'all here in about a week or two when we do talk about this recap episode. So guys, have a great rest of y'all Sunday. Have a great week. Make sure y'all check out all the interviews and everything like that that we've got going on. Mondays and Thursdays, we drop interviews. Fridays, we drop new episodes of Catching Up with College Football. So we have plenty of content going on during the week, despite football season being wrapped up. So, you know, you guys know I've always got you. So thank you guys once again, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.